Let's pray. Father God, we just thank you and praise you for this day. Father, we thank you for this opportunity to gather together to worship you. Father, we pray now that this word will go out and it will not return void. Father, that it will accomplish what you sent it to do. Father, I pray that everything done and said today will be to the upbuilding of your kingdom. In Jesus' most precious name, amen. So uh, <clears throat> this man and woman were in traffic and she had been tailgating him, trying to get around him and light turned yellow and he looked up and slammed on brakes and stopped. Well, she obviously had to stop as well. And she started beeping the horn and cussing and throwing her hands up in the air and giving him, the, you know, that salute. And all the stuff was going on. And she just ranting and raving. And all of a sudden, she saw, heard a little knock on the window. It was a police officer. He opened the door, asked her to step out, handcuffed her, put her in the car, and took her to jail. Well, she sat in a cell for a couple of hours. The police officer came in and said, Hey, I think there's been a little bit of a misunderstanding, but I want to explain. When I pulled up to the red light and you were cussing and yelling and, and flipping that guy off and acting crazy, and I looked at the back of your car and there was a Jesus fish and a what would Jesus do and your church name on the bumper sticker, obviously I thought the car had been stolen. <laughs> <clears throat> obviously. All right, what we're going to talk about today is the, 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 the difference of the covenants and the importance of what a covenant is, right? And, and a covenant is really the same as a contract, right? It, 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 it's a, but it's not signed with ink. A covenant is, is predominantly signed with blood, which is a little, little better than ink. Um, and, you know, God made it a covenant with the Old Testament folks, with Abraham, and, and made promises to them, Right? And then when um, they really failed bad, the old covenant really failed bad. The people could not live up to the expectations under the old covenant. And then it was prophesied, Jeremiah prophesied that there would be a new covenant. And I'm going to send you a new covenant, better deal, better than the old deal. And I know we understand this because we have the benefit of looking at it thousands of years back. Am I making that noise? Is it a wire? Yeah. I don't like that wire, that noise. No? Okay, maybe not. So when we think about better deals, I was trying, I've been thinking about, man, how can you get in a good example of what a better deal is? So how many of y'all remember having to pay for long distance phone calls? Y'all remember having to pay, like if you were at home, this is way before cell phones, believe it or not. That you had to pay to call people who didn't live in your zip code. And that's kind of crazy, right? And even then, after we got cell phones and long distance wasn't so bad, then we had to worry about, like, your minutes. Y'all remember that? We had to worry about minutes and nights and weekends. Man, nights and weekends are free, right? So mama wouldn't let me call home until it was 7 o'clock. Because I didn't want to be burning up any minutes. No, that's not true. I didn't, I didn't have a cell phone in college. It's still me. Yeah. I think it's just in the speaker. Okay. We're going to do our best to get through it. All right, Thomas. Time out. I got Jerry. Hold on. Oh, I gotta get undressed. This for we'll edit this out of TV. Nobody else see it. 
We don't care. We're here to pray for God, but don't make no difference. We'll put that underneath. Thank you. All right, y'all got me? All right. So even then, when we changed the deal, right, we changed from, from paying for long distance to paying for minutes to now everything's unlimited, right? And y'all, y'all young kids, y'all don't even know, right? We used to have to actually, like, remember people's phone number and type it in and go through the process. And there's still a few I remember, right? I mean, Michael and Linda's, I remember forever and ever and ever. Bobby's and Terry's, I remember forever and ever and ever. I don't know why I wasn't allowed to use the telephone, but I remember y'all's phone number, right? But the old system has kind of worked itself out. The old deal, now, I mean, how many people really remember phone numbers? I just look at your name and hit the button, and and it says, do you really want to call them? And most of the time it's, no, I do not want to call them. I would just assume send them a message, Right? So as different as the new deal is from the old deal is about how different the new covenant is from the old covenant. In the old covenant, the people were not allowed access to God. God was actually hidden in the Holy of Holies. He was not uh, accessible. And in fact, they made such provisions that if the priests were not prepared properly they put bells on their clothes and tied a rope around them y'all know why because if they took sin into the holy of holies they died now i know that there are probably some bad jobs on the planet but could you imagine being the guy holding the rope wait a minute i ain't heard him jingle give him a little tug yeah no he's still moving okay that's good but the but the game changed and jeremiah prophesied about it um, so flip with me to the book of Hebrews. <clears throat> and, 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 and the writer in Hebrews actually quotes Jeremiah's prophecy. You know it's the longest quote in the New Testament of the Old Testament. This is the longest one. So uh, Hebrews chapter 8. Um, And it's verse 8, but we're just going to start in the quote. And the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I'll make a new covenant for with the people of Israel and with the people of Judah. And it will not be like the covenant I have made with their ancestors when I took them by the hand and led them out of Egypt because they did not remain faithful to my covenant. And I turned away from them, declares the Lord. And this covenant I will establish with the people of Israel. And after that time, declares the Lord, I will put my laws in their minds and I will write them on their hearts. And I will be their God and they will be my people. And no longer will they teach their neighbor or to say to one another, know the Lord, because they will all know me. <clears throat> from the least of them to the greatest, I will forgive their wickedness and remember their sins no more. Now this is the promise of Christ, right? Right? This is the promise of, I'm going to send a new covenant to my people, right? And I'm going to take all the laws and all the rituals and all the washing and all the things that they have to do, and I'm going to remove them, and I'm going to write them on their heart, right? And they're going to have a relationship with me. See, the old covenant, there was not necessarily a relationship with God. It was not a one-on-one kind of situation if you are a prophet or a priest you had access to God but in the new covenant when Christ died 
and paid for our penalty, it gave us the access to talk to God, right? So when did it start? When did the new covenant start? Well, I can point it when the old covenant ended. How about that? Uh, if you turn with me to the gospel according to John, man, I didn't have any idea how much I taught with my hands. I, I'm doing my, my, I feel nervous holding the microphone. <clears throat> the gospel according to John, chapter 19 and verse 30. It's a really um, definitive answer. And when he had received the drink, Jesus said, it is finished. And with that, he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. It is finished. What finished? The old covenant finished. The old covenant that was only preserved by the blood of bulls and goats was finished. Why? Because the perfect lamb had came to earth and he had poured out his blood. It is finished. And at that moment, right, when he said it is finished, the giant screen curtain veil that closed off the Holy of Holies tore from the ground up, right? God left the Holy of Holies. Immediately he took his power away from the old covenant and he put it in store for the new covenant. Now, we believe that three days and three nights, it, wasn't, it was finished but the new one hadn't been paid for yet. It had been promised, but it hadn't been paid for yet. Because Jesus had to take his blood into the holy of holies and lay his blood on the altar to pay for our sins. Now, how do we know that that's, how can we trust this? How can we know that this is really what God said? How can we really know that this deal is for us? <clears throat> oh, man. Flip back to Hebrews. One-handed. Back, I don't know how those guys do it. How do they preach with one hand always occupied? Back to Hebrews. Um, chapter 7, verse 20. And it was not without an oath. For others became priests without any oath, but he became a priest with an oath when God said to him, the Lord has sworn and will not change his mind, you are a priest forever. And because of this oath, Jesus has become the grantor of a better covenant. I will not change my mind that this covenant is forever. When he paid our penalty, this was a forever deal. And was paid for with the most valuable substance on the planet. What do you mean? First Peter. <clears throat> Turn with me to First Peter chapter 1. Verse 18. For you know <clears throat> that is for you know that it is not what was not with perishable things such as silver or gold that you were redeemed from an empty way of life, handed down from your ancestors. But with the precious blood of Christ, the lamb, without blemish or defect. Right? He was chosen before the creation of the world, but was revealed in the last times for your sake. So it was not, 
you know, menial objects like silver and gold. It was paid for by the most valuable substance that's ever touched this rock that we're standing on. The most valuable substance that's ever been created. The most valuable substance that's ever had any kind of value in it was the blood of Christ. And with the blood of Christ, he walked into the holy of holies in heaven and he laid down this sacrifice, this blood offering to create this covenant with a people that didn't belong to him. That gave us an avenue to be able to come to Christ in a manner that has never been created before. That gave us an opportunity to go boldly to the throne of God. To give us the opportunity that we know that we're saved. That we know that we're redeemed. That we've been adopted. All of the promises of God. Everything that we hang our hat on as Christians was bought by the blood of Christ. And without the blood of Christ, it was absolutely meaningless. See, the old covenant... The blood originally was provided by the circumcision of the male, right, with Abraham. But it was re-upped with the blood of bull and goats. Why? Because it didn't take away the sins. It just covered them up. It camouflaged them. See, the old covenant did not create... The old covenant did not create a, a place inside of a person to where their conscience, where the Holy Spirit, where it constantly ministered to them to where they could be set free from the sins of this world. The old covenant was just a reminder that you're going to sin. And if you sin enough times, we're going to kill two birds, two goats, and a bull, and whatever else to cover your sins. The new covenant was built to where his word was written on the inside of us that we knew, right? That we know what we are and what we're not supposed to do. That our conscience helps us <clears throat> develop more into who God wants us to be, right? And... That we know we have forgiveness from those sins. See, the new covenant gives us a, a different outlook. It's not nights and weekends. It's not paying for long distance. It's unlimited. It's the best unlimited plan ever. Not only did God forgive our sins, it says he forgot them. Y'all forgot all y'all sins? I wish. Amen. He says he will remember them no more. So when we get this new covenant, when we get this blood-bought covenant, that is the basis of who we are in Christ. If there was only a way to celebrate it, how should we celebrate it? How should we celebrate this transaction that has taken place? How should we honor God going through what he went through to give us what he gave us? Well, I'm glad you asked. Jesus actually explained it pretty well in the gospel according to Matthew. <clears throat> gospel according to Matthew in the 26th chapter in the 26th verse and while they were eating Jesus took the bread and when he had given thanks he broke it and he gave it to the disciples and he says take and eat 
this is my body. And then he took the cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them and said, drink from it, all of you, for this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for forgiveness of sins. And I tell you, I will not drink from the fruit of the vine from now until the day that when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. Right? Take and eat. Take and drink. Now, let me ask you a question. At the Last Supper, which is where these, this stuff is taking place, had Jesus actually given his blood for the covenant? No. But the oath had been made, right? He knew what was getting ready to happen. Nothing happened by surprise. But he wanted them to understand, to, to celebrate what's getting ready to happen. This horrific event, this thing that's going to change time forever, this thing that is going to change the course of humanity, to change the course of the world, I want you to have an opportunity to celebrate it. However horrific it seems like, I want you to celebrate it. Not celebrate it for the pain and the anguish and the torture. Celebrate it for the freedom and the forgiveness and the grace. <clears throat> I always miss the celebration part. Anytime I talk about the, the, <clears throat> the crucifixion in the last couple of days of Jesus, I get very emotional. I think about the physical pain and the <clears throat> anguish that he went through, right? And it's a lot. It's a lot of physical pain. But he wanted it celebrated. <clears throat> See, when... They say the greatest pain on this planet is childbirth. That's one of the greatest pains you'll ever go through is childbirth. And then the instant when it's over, right, all you can think about is how much you love that child. I mean, that's what they tell me. I never had a kid. I had a kidney stone as close as I got. I didn't love the kidney stone. The, the pain of childbirth is washed away with the love of the kid. <clears throat> the pain of the torture and the separation was washed away with the redemption of you. <clears throat> the Bible says that God so loved the world, all of us in context, all of humanity, that he gave his one and only son, right? <clears throat> and then Jesus said, I want you to remember this and I want you to take this bread and drink this cup and celebrate me. Celebrate what's getting ready to happen. <clears throat> it's not going to be real pleasant in the next 48 hours, right? After he says this, it's, it's not real pleasant. I mean, he goes to the Garden of Gethsemane. They come and try to get him. Peter cuts the dude's ear off. He goes to jail. They mock him. They torture him. They beat him. They dab a crown of thorns in his head and then nail up on the cross one of the most gruesome ways to kill a human in history. But on the outset, before he got there, knowing what he was going to endure, he said, I want y'all to understand this. Do this in remembrance of me. I want you to celebrate this, to take this bread and drink this wine and understand it as a celebration of the sacrifice for your salvation. 
<clears throat> Paul explains it a little better in Corinthians. <clears throat> Y'all don't ever flip here because I don't ever ask you to. But every time we do communion, uh, we flip the 1 Corinthians <clears throat> eleven twenty three, and actually start about halfway through 23. And the Lord Jesus on the night in which he was betrayed took the bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way, after supper, he took the cup, <clears throat> saying, This is the cup of the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. So then whoever eats this bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of sinning against the body and the blood of the Lord. Everyone ought to examine themselves before they eat the bread and drink the cup. For those who eat and drink without discerning the body of Christ eat and drink judgment upon themselves. That is why many among you are weak and sick and a number of you have fallen asleep. But if we have been more discerning in regard to ourselves, we will not come under such judgment. See, Jesus wanted him to understand the sacrifice, the transaction that was getting ready to take place. And he wanted him to remember it, but not just remember it, but remember it in such a way that it was honored, right? It is a weird statement in the middle of that. For you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. You don't really celebrate people's death, right? I mean, we sing happy birthday. We don't sing happy death day, right? We, but Jesus' death was different. Paul talks in Romans about how sometimes people would die for a good man, right? You would die, maybe sacrifice yourself to save someone else's life. But nobody would die for a bad guy. But Christ, knowing humans, knowing the situation, died for us. <clears throat> so when we take communion, what we're really doing is celebrating the transaction of the new covenant. We're celebrating the salvation, the freedom, the forgiveness, the grace, and all of the fruit of the Spirit that comes with the new covenant. Not only that, up until now, right? We were, people were excluded from being, being able to go boldly to the throne of God, to being in his presence, right? And we worship God and you can feel his presence. They, they were not in that situation. They did not have a relationship with the creator of the universe that we have. So when you think about this transaction in the new covenant, the new covenant, <laughs> man, if you're comparing deals, it's no comparison. The problem is, is we still have Christians who want to go back and dig up the rules of the old covenant and try to add them on top of the rules in the new covenant. Now that seems kind of odd, doesn't it? I bet ain't a single one of y'all thought about free nights and weekends and so long you can't remember. Y'all ain't waited till 701 to call somebody because that call was going to be free. And some of y'all ain't, Joel, y'all ain't even old enough to remember that, are you? Oh, come on. Marcy says she's not. She's honest. Joe's lying. Said he did. We don't want to go back into the old rules and dig up old regulations and old troubles and old punishments. And I'm not in that deal anymore. It's not my covenant. My covenant is the new covenant. My covenant was paid for with his bo broken body and blood. 
My covenant was paid for to where we would have freedom in Christ, to where Romans 8 says there, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. My covenant sets me apart. And if you want to live under the old deal, good for you. I don't. I want to know that my body is healed because of the stripes of Jesus. His body was broken for me. He didn't have to be beaten and, and tortured. He could have just died and paid the penalty. But his body was broken for me, for my healing. His blood paid for my freedom. He paid my ransom. He redeemed me back. Not with some petty gold or silver. Not with some, you know, ivory or crystal or rubies or jade or any other thing that you think, mahogany or some other thing that you think is rare. He paid my penalty with the most expensive substance that's ever been on the planet. And he made an oath that said he would never change his mind on my opinion, on my covenant. That he would never leave me and never forsake me. That I know no matter where I go or what happens that Christ is with me. That the Holy Spirit and the same Holy Spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells on the inside of me. It does not dwell in a golden box that was toted in the army. It dwells on the inside of me. If we get to the idea that where you understand that the same power that was toted around in the Ark of the Covenant now lives on the inside of you, you are forced to be reckoned with. When you get to the idea that I have been bought back in a blood covenant that is well beyond my reach and nothing can separate me from the love of Christ, not height, not width, not depth, not rulers on this earth, not principalities, not powers, nothing can separate me from the love of Christ. When you get to the idea that this new deal is so special that it needs to be celebrated, and it needs to be celebrated with the mindset, knowing that we are celebrating this covenant. Knowing that we are celebrating the broken body and the blood of Christ. It changes your opinion of communion. It changes your, should. And, and look, you, you know, some of y'all are more astute than me and have been Christians much longer. And maybe you already have that opinion. But I can tell you. I don't think I've ever celebrated having communion. I mean, when I was a little kid, I was most concerned over whether or not I had a mint in my pocket or not, where I could get the nasty grape juice out of my mouth. That was the extent of what I thought about communion. I mean, I knew what it was and I knew what it said, but it is to be celebrated. It is the single greatest act ever done for a Christian is the broken body and the blood of the Lamb. Let's pray. Father God, we just thank you and praise you for this day. Father, we thank you and praise you for your word, and we give you praise and honor and glory for it. In Jesus' most precious name, amen.